everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Okay, we're live. <laughs> Yay. God, um, it's always such a journey to get to this point for us because <laughs> we're like, I am the technical one, which is extremely yeah. worrying. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not at all. Like you are. You're you're better at tech than James is, and James thinks he is like the king of tech. So honestly, you're doing really Don't well. I think that's true. But yeah, I'll take this- it. So everybody knows that before we go live, all that really happens is Emma fucks around with her audio <laughs> page, and I talk at her about stories that she hasn't asked. <laughs> and sometimes I hear them, and sometimes I don't. If anyone wants to just quickly drop a note in the comments to be like, "We can hear you," that'd be great. Just so we know, and then we can get on with today's questions. Oh, I asked you for life hacks, didn't I? Yeah, and then I said. <laughs> And then I replied, but you didn't reply to my reply. And then you were like, what do you mean? And I was like, oh, okay. I was like, give me an example so I don't go off piece, so I don't come in and don't know. I like, this happens a lot. When I was at uni, I really struggled because you know that they basically just give you like a kind of instruction and then you go off and do it yourself. I'd always do it wrong. Every week I would do my assignments wrong. I need like specific instruction. What did you study? I did English literature and film. So actually that can be quite, they're like, write something about whatever and uh, yeah that's quite vague I I said problem of mine I go away and I do my own thing and then I go back when people are like this is wrong I'm like oh Oh, god I've just spent a whole week writing it (laughs) yeah it's written it makes me feel like I'm really stupid (laughs) anyway fine um Um, can they hear us they can everyone can hear us yes okay so um as always, I think before we dive into the questions, Emma, do you have anything that you've seen, heard, want to talk about before we get into it? Um, okay, I think we. this is a really important thing to, to discuss and kind of maybe potentially quite a sensitive subject, but how things, like, how you talk about your body doesn't just, it isn't just how, like, it doesn't just have impacts on you. It has impacts on your family, potentially impressionable young children. But it also, like, and even if you don't have kids, you're like, okay, well, this is relevant. Yeah, like, if you're around your mates and you're like, oh, I'm a big, I'm a big fat pig or whatever it is, and being, like, detrimental, talking yourself down and being so negative about your own body, that has impacts on them and potentially how they feel about their body. And you don't know that in their head they're not like, if you think you're a pig, are you looking at me and thinking you're just, you know, like, you are as well or like you're discussing because actually they're potentially a bigger size than you so I think a good way to think about it and I realize it's not this easy and I realize that this will take conscious effort probably multiple times throughout the day is to think about how you would want to talk to like if you have a daughter your daughter how do you want them to think about their body or like if you have a best friend like how like you would never speak to your best friend the way that you often speak to yourself and yeah. pulling yourself up on that and being like what like should I be talking to myself like this because you you speak to yourself more than anyone will ever speak to you so you have a huge impact on 
how you feel, your impression of yourself, but also how that can impact others. So if you can't do that for yourself, do it for the people around you. Um, yeah, I completely yeah. agree. And obviously, you know, we're referring to a post that was on the Facebook um, page this morning, but this post is not a specific. This is not a, a rare circumstance or situation. Emma and I have obviously been doing this for years. And even just before we went live, I said to her that like James and I have an agreement that I don't talk about my body frustrations with him because for some reason, I don't know why, although I'm, I can guess, it really irritates him like but like a lot like badly so I just don't talk to him about it and yeah okay there's a part of me that's like oh damn it. it's kind of part of my job and I'd love to unload that on you because it would really help but actually it's not good for our marriage so I just don't we don't talk about it um and as Emma said this can be you know applied to your friendships your family relationships and your children so obviously there was a post on the Facebook group this morning um and a great question how do I my daughter who is a young a young girl she's 11 has started saying that she hates her big wobbly belly she's got huge thighs and stuff like this is a child like she's a child and so that's quite scary and look we're all human you can be a mother and you're still a human being um and you still go through the struggles that you go through um but you have to talk in front of your children with about your body especially daughters with nothing but love and respect for it because then they will follow suit and if they ask you why are you weighing yourself why are you weighing out food why are you working out you say things like i want to get skinny i want to look like you you say things and i'm, I'm not presuming that you do by the way this is just a, this is just yeah. kind of a blanket blanket statement. but you would just say things like i'm gonna get fit and i'm gonna get strong so i can climb a mountain so i can swim swim the atlantic so i can you know, canoe around New Zealand, whatever it is, like, make it fun, make it visual, remember that this is a child, um, and make them kind of love their own body and want to be fit and active and physical for no, no reason remotely even touching on what they look like. Um, so that's, that would be our advice. And yeah, it was sad, like seeing how many you know comments under it were like wow my daughter started saying this too. Um, so yeah, and I, I think, think it's not just like, I mean, it's, you've got an amazing opportunity like as a mother you are your child's example like yeah even if you argue and things like they look up to you as an example of how to be in the world yeah. now obviously social media and just general like the tv etc etc that all has an impact as well now and, and a huge impact so that we're not saying that it's how you talk about yourself that potentially is why your kids are like oh I've got wobbly thighs like it could be that they've seen something on tv and you can't completely yeah. shelter them from that nor should you try to but what you can do is like Chloe's saying like okay what amazing things can your body do let's see if yeah. we can get you to do some push-ups or like oh my god you can lift your your body weight up off the foot like that's amazing if they can start doing push-ups and things um and and I think a good example of this is quite sad I don't know if you've seen that meme that's like kids standing on scales and being like see like it it doesn't hurt. I don't know why mum's always crying on this. Like, oh, no. That's oh, cool. it's really sad. But it's meant to be, like, a funny sort of meme. And, yeah. But things like that, like, your cat and they pick up on that. Yeah. So, and I don't think, I think Chloe's advice is amazing. Like, I don't think it's something like, right, if you're going to weigh yourself, make sure you hide the scales away and, like, it's, like, a secret thing. No. Just be like, oh, I'm weighing myself because I want to, you know, like, you could even talk about it in a way, like, I want to lose some of this excess body fat that I've got. Not as in like, it's horrible, blah, blah, blah. It's just like a very pragmatic way, kind of like the way we coach. Like, and, and I say this all the time, but 
you are not fat you have fat you have some extra energy stores like that says nothing about you your value to the world or anything like anything above the fact that you've eaten more than you've expended for a little while that's it so try to take the emotion out of that when you're speaking to your kids about things like that as well like that should be what you're instilling oh if, if like if they are at an age where maybe they are getting a little bit overweight it's obviously not good for their health okay so you you know you've got some of this extra energy stored let's see if we can burn it off do you want to come with mum to get her steps in that's like that's what we want and we would love if like our coaching can trickle down in that way as in wow mum's always been fit and healthy what a legacy as well like if you're someone who's like okay this is mum's time between I don't know whatever time you work out there's mum's hour where she works out that is a priority to you your your kids will see that and be and they will grow up to exercise because it's a priority oh yeah you exercise that is what we do so yeah okay I really like your jumper thanks that's a good one so maybe we'll do that in the next round yeah Uh, a lot of people are asking if we're going to start doing apparel we are oh yeah Um, it's coming I think it might come today actually I'll do a little fashion show for you yeah and then once we've got it and I've sent Chloe's hers um and she's happy with it we will put it on the website and you can order from there yeah Emma how's your back it's all right good I was worried about you when you said you came off those painkillers. So I was like, uh, uh, but uh, you seem fine. So, yeah, no, it, I'm not in more pain, but my heart hasn't um, normalised yet. Maybe it will, though. Give it a time. <laughs> yeah, fingers crossed. Um, okay, questions. Let's go. I'm today's question master. So here we go. Um, I was interested to know your thoughts on strength and hypertrophy training um, or hypertrophy. Who knows? Um, what are your thoughts on training for both? And would you recommend focusing on both um, for a muscle group on the same session or splitting it into different sessions over the week? So this would probably be like, I mean, I think some people, well, I know some people have more people than we expected, actually, have gym access. But this will be important because everyone at some point we want to get in the gym. So, yeah, thoughts on this? Um, there are, They are two separate goals. Obviously, strength is a performance goal. Hypertrophy is a phys- physique goal. Um, however, you can, they, they can absolutely benefit each other. Um, and you can do essentially what I would say is you, you would f- ideally focus on the performance goal first, the strength goal first, and then you could do hypertrophy accessory lifts um, on alternate days or even after you've done, say, if you had, if you were going in to do like uh, heavy squats or heavy deadlifts or whatever, after you've done that session, then you can top and tail it with some more hypertrophy work that would look like, you know, uh, actually, I did a post on this very similar to this yesterday, not this, but very similar. Um, you could do it with like leg press, um, Bulgarian split squats, lunges, uh, hip thrusts, things like that, uh, accessory work. Or you could, um, to be honest, if you have a, a strength goal, I wouldn't recommend training on your days off because that recovery is really, really important. But I'm definitely fitting in some hypertrophy to it would be good. Um, however, I would also just kind of give you a heads up. I'm, I'm you know, doing nutrition plans for a power lifter right now. If, if physique is also your goal with a strength performance goal, you have to diet really, 
really slowly, really gradually over a long period of time so that your strength goals don't uh, take a hit, um, your strength improvements don't take a hit. You can actually get stronger if you do it really slowly and if you basically uh, try and perfect, continue to try and perfect the skill. Um, but it isn't, I mean, I wouldn't, they are two different goals. So bear that in mind when you merge the two. I hope that helped. Emma? Um, it's like, I would love to know exactly where you're coming from because I mean, you can completely do both. Now, Chloe's example is obviously like a power lifter. It, it, their, their goal is strength. So they'll do some hypertrophy work, but it, you know, it, that is a secondary goal is to have hypertrophy, but strength and hypertrophy tend to come hand in hand. So once you've got a, over your sort of I mean, they're not even really new, newbie gains, but when you first start resistance training, you will have huge increases in strength. And that is more to do with recruiting the, the muscle that you already have as opposed to building new muscle. But let's say you've passed that stage. The more muscle you build, the stronger you will get. So they're kind of the same or very close goals. Yeah. Um, in terms of splitting up your sessions... If you're already doing the resistance training plan, you'll notice that I have programmed maybe like if it was leg day, it might be squats at the start. And then as Chloe saying, moved on to more like hypertrophy stuff, higher rep ranges, like accessory work. So that might be leg press, might be lunges, might be something like that. And and I've done that with everything. So it might be at the start of your push session, push session you have bench press. And then towards the end, you might have things like flies and lateral raises or things like that um, that are more accessory work. I hope that kind of answers. But really, I wouldn't say unless you're looking at like elite level strength training or bodybuilding, that your training would really be that different for hypertrophy or strength. We expect you to build both. Yeah. I go on my Instagram and look at my stories because... Um... 3D MJ, 3D Muscle Journey. Um, Eric really Hansen. good. Yeah, amazing. So they they uh, put up a, like a four slider post uh, yesterday, which like really echoed a post that I made on the weekend. But obviously in 3D MJ talks, it's a little bit more advanced. Whereas I obviously try and make things super layman's terms. Um, but I basically put it up and then I and I, t I talked about how it correlated with the post that I wrote. Anyway. It talks a lot about hypertrophy and strength, powerlifting and bodybuilding, um, and also what to do if your body isn't really built for squatting, for example, like a big compound uh, lower body lift like that, but you are still a powerlifter or you still have bodybuilding goals, how to um, basically change your, your volume, your RPE, your depth. Um, you know, we were talking about partials the other day. It's really interesting, but go and read it because it's very succinct and it touches on everything you've asked. Anyway. Ah, excellent. Okay. Okay, this is a quick one. Do we take our lowest weight for the week or our lowest weight since we started the EC method? Sorry if you've already answered this question. I would say your lowest weight for the week because, I mean, like if you've gone off track, then you may have put on body fat. So yeah, you mm -hmm. can't just take like your lowest weight ever as your actual weight. Yeah, agreed. For example, last week I, I got my low weight and then I didn't go back down to that low weight for a week. But then I went lower yesterday. So 
yeah, you won't, but yeah, take, take your lowest weight that week. Um, and also guys, just, just to really ram at home, we talk about this every time and I don't really want to go off on another weight tangent, but, um, weight loss and fat loss are not the same thing. One, you know, it, it's, 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 I, I went up on the scales about two and a half kg this morning and I woke up at a new low end yesterday and I looked shredded and I can tell just from looking in the mirror that I'm holding onto a lot of water and I don't know why, but I am. Um, so please, please stop taking them so seriously. I still see like panicked posts in the Facebook group every day about the scales and I'm like, please guys, come on. Yeah. Agreed. Oh uh, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> Go on. It's a, it's a lot. No, it's just this, the whole scale thing. Like I don't I know. know. And I keep thinking we're going to nail it some at some point. Like there must be some way that we can explain this that people are just. But yeah. no, there's not. So we'll just continue. Some of the photos on the page say it all for us. Some of the photos show the most phenomenal physique results, and people are like, "I've lost one pound in three weeks, and I look completely different." So yes. Yeah, agreed. Okay, I find I'm full up with breakfast and lunch, so struggle some days to also eat snacks should I make sure I eat them or is it okay not to have them if I'm full up see I'm like I'm gonna go so far as to say I'm anti-snack okay go on I know it's a, it's, a, it's a bold statement um but I just think that tends to be where people go wrong and I think yeah. if you can sit down and have three square meals a day then like that is going to do you so much better. Like in terms of general population as well, like let's say you weren't even on this plant. If I could give you one tip, it would just be, because most people are like, right, I'm trying to lose weight, you know, and I'm eating pretty well. But it, what goes wrong is all the snacking they do between. So they do have three good meals. They've got three meals that like, if you, like you'll get this all the time. Someone comes to you, you're like, okay, let's talk about what you eat. They tell you what they eat for their lunch, breakfast and dinner. And you're like, that's perfect you don't need to change anything yeah but, but what they don't tell you is all the snacks and stuff they have in between yeah and I also think and this might just be me personally but I don't really enjoy a snack because I've not yeah. sat down and like in, like taken the time to really think about what I'm eating and enjoy what I'm eating so in in my head if people just ate three meals a day like you wouldn't really need to diet that much yeah so this sounds to me like a meal plan question um, so anybody who has my book or anything will know that I'm aware 9.9% of the population don't want to track, which is upsetting because it makes life a lot uh, more fun and, and it makes dieting and hitting your goals a lot more achievable and tra obviously trackable. Um, but what I do is I provide them with breakfast, lunch, dinner, AM snack and PM snack. And the reason why I do that, and, and again, anyone who has my later books will know that the, that AM and PM snacks are protein only. And the reason why I do that is so that you're getting your protein in throughout the day. Um, and before that, it was if you trained at weird times, you had some energy. Um, so there's that. And I still get asked to this day, and there are snacks in the meal plan and the EC method, obviously. I still get asked to say, what do you snack on? And my answer is, I don't snack. I don't. I track my food throughout the day. So I, honestly, I normally will have four or five meals a day. And I sit down and I eat. I don't snack, as Emma said. Um, it's just, yeah, I, I track. It's a numbers game. So um, anyway, to answer your question, 
if you're not hungry that you don't have to eat period don't force feed yourself like it's okay especially if fat loss is your goal it's okay if you had a muscle building goal or a performance goal i'd be like look you've got to find a way to get it in um but if it's fat loss and you're not hungry you don't have to force feed yourself um but yeah i if you're not tracking start agreed um Okay, so there's a couple of people just asking, and we're going to go back to the scales just briefly. Uh, is it worth stopping weighing ourselves because it seems pointless? The scales aren't pointless, and I think people take, like, oh, I'll just throw away the scales. That's not actually a particularly useful solution. Um, they, they are really useful, and long-term, the scales are a pretty good marker of fat loss. It's just there will be short-term fluctuations. And because your rate of fat loss, like one pound a week, can easily be masked on the scales. Like it's barely anything. Like a pound you're looking at, like if you've had a cup of coffee and a banana in the morning, like you will be a pound heavier. Yeah, so that's why we do use them. They are good markers long-term. Yeah, but also, guys, if you really aren't weighing in every day, first thing in the morning with nothing in your system, then um, you're not going to get a good idea of, of why they fluctuate, when they fluctuate, what your low weigh-in really is. Um, so if you're not doing it every day, then, yeah, I would say find a different way to measure progress. Um, what we're trying to say is that, like, look, I still weigh in. If you go on my website, I talk about weighing in all the time on my website, but I don't take it as seriously. As I was more upset this morning that I was visibly holding on to water, my body has completely changed in 24 hours. Then I was about the scale. If anything, the scale's just come to me that I'm holding on to water. You just stop taking it so seriously, as it's always saying. Yes, agreed. Can you please give me some tips on breath during the weighted exercise? I find myself holding my breath sometimes, particularly when the reps are fast and I burn out quicker than I know I should. Well, you will yeah. burn out if you're holding your breath because your muscles <laughs> will have no oxygen. Yeah. Um, it's uh, So you would... I'm trying to think of... My, my brain's just completely blown out of my head. So you... Um, you you inhale. <laughs> you, you exhale upon execution of the lift. Everyone inhale. <laughs> and so you... you Exhale on execution of the lift and try and keep your breathing um, really, oh, God, my brain, I've literally, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> like, okay, let's use an example. If you're doing bench press, you'd, you'd um, exhale on the way up. Yeah, exactly. So you exhale upon execution of the lift. I'm, I'm hesitant to say eccentric and centric because it changes depending on, yeah. on on the lift. So that's why I'm always trying to articulate it in a better way. Exhale upon execution of the lift and try to keep your breathing. Um, it's like a regular pattern, like a timing, right? So like a cadence, much like the lift itself, okay? So you breathe in, one, two, you breathe out, one, two, you breathe in, one, two, you breathe out, one, two. And that's how it's again. Do you know again. what's really like so counterintuitive it's I I mean I've not done Pilates a lot but whenever I've done it they kind of make you do the exact top or yoga as well it's yeah. like the opposite breathing so you breathe in on execution of the strength of the yeah it's like yeah, breathing I, in on the way down and then yeah strange yeah I wouldn't recommend that personally but also um in, in sometimes with abs I find it hard and I think that's pretty normal but you've just got to really try or at least time it like 
So if I'm doing like legs, I try, I try and time my breathing so that I can actually really use the muscle. Um, abs is a tricky one. So play that one by ear, but everything else on execution, exhale. Okay. Um, dropping still. Dro- dropping still, still. Like, okay, this, this doesn't make that much sense. She's saying dropping on uh 1800 calories but we'll review next week so this is something i just wanted to touch on i haven't posted on the facebook group are there more people like that i will get the courage to do it so like the facebook group is there to help you if you have questions do use it because that's how we want to help you out but also don't feel pressure that you need to keep up with everything and and a good tip as well is that if you want to go on and just see like Chloe and I's post, like anything that you like the essentials that you need to see, go on. They'll probably like if it's essential, it's probably going to be marked as an announcement. Or go to the top and just go to the search and just put in like my name, only like only posts from Emma, look at what I've written, only posts from Chloe, look at what she's written. Then you don't because there's a lot that goes on, which is brilliant. Yeah. But it does mean that people can miss information. So do do make sure that you are at least looking at the posts that we make. But also, though, you can be in the Facebook group and not post. I mean, we had a graduate didn't post the whole first eight, nine weeks that we had her and only posted in, like, the second week of the EC method. And I was like, oh, hello, newbie, but she wasn't new. She was old. Um, But also, just to touch on it, guys, if you are dropping weight, don't change anything. Don't touch a thing. Because there will come a point where you stall and you have to dig deeper. And if if you're moving, no. This is I, this isn't a question, but I just want to read it out because it's so good. She says, "No question, but thank you so much. This this is 100% the best plan I've done. I can't believe this week I will be on double the amount of calories I had before I started. That's amazing. This is not just a fat loss journey, but an educational one. I've learned so much, and we are only just starting week four. Yay. Awesome. We're nearly halfway through, gang. Well done." This okay. is, by the way, guys, those of you who really haven't seen any 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 changes at all, and we're halfway through now, now you can drop your calories a bit if you want to. Uh, but also, ideally, try and focus on increasing your expenditure a bit. So try getting a 1,000 more steps a day. Emma and I are increasing workout intensities or time, so don't worry about that. But now is the time if you're really frustrated and you're like, oh, now you can drop something. However, if you're not being consistent with your steps, with your tracking, with your training, with any of it, do that first and foremost. Now is the time to get consistent. Okay. 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 This is a question that I have for you as well, because this happens to me and I don't know what to do about it either. So she says, I've always had a hip that clicks or clunks with leg raises and sometimes mountain climbers. I adapt slightly, but then I don't think I'm getting the full effect of the exercise. Any suggestions or alternatives? Um. Clicky clunky things is pretty normal. If it's not hurting you, you're probably fine. If it does hurt, then obviously stop doing it. Um, and you just replace it with any other cardio move or ab move that you can do and give 100%. You know, changing exercises, you know, infiltration. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> Infiltationally. I don't know if that's What does that mean? Tiny, tiny little changes. Um oh will might might very well take away the kind of bang for your buck of that exercise whereas swapping them out with an equally badass cardio exercise that you can do or ab exercise you can do obviously you're going to get the bang for your buck that you want um so just swap it out emma what so you get clunky hips 
yeah especially my side of my bad back like the ah. leg on that side I feel and this is like hopefully indefinitely wrong but like it's not quite in place in the socket somehow but anyway when I do leg raises I can sometimes feel it when I do mountain climbers sometimes but I do find that if I do it really slowly sometimes it doesn't happen which is actually yeah. a good thing because with Perhaps, and, yeah. yeah and actually someone asked about tempo of certain exercises in certain um workouts and do you know what sometimes I put the tempo in there just because I'm like I, I mean a lot of the time I don't actually expect you to take three seconds down pause for a second and come up but putting the tempo in makes you think okay like do these exercises properly don't speed them up too much and when it comes to ab like core exercises basically the slower you do them the better they are so like mountain climbers can be a cardio exercise if you're sort of doing them really quickly if you do them like put, go in your mountain climber position imagine yeah. I'm about to come and kick you in the stomach so your stomach's tight now do mountain climbers really slow that is a burner of an ab exercise it is like this is where you'll see I don't know so for the people who are doing at home bodyweight circuits I try sometimes not in every circuit but I try and do like a a cardio move that will hit that area so like squat jumps for example and then like a more resistance move that will hit that area so like hip thrusts and so that's so mountain climbers are one that I always do for my abs and they're fantastic um Emma's right yeah well yeah do try do it really slow but if you if your hip is still clunky find another move and 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 smash it yeah if it's painful or it feels really wrong don't do it and and also hey we've got a physio in the group now yes ask her okay yes. uh, a couple from the comments i'm seeing on my skin less ripples i.e cellulite and is now more smooth is this a sign of fat loss I hope i've explained that okay yeah yes definitely lucky and you david doesn't go anywhere <laughs> David's story, the man that was named after my grandfather, Ooh. says he's four kilograms down since he started, which is blooming awesome. Um, yeah. And Anna's just asking when she can sign up for the next eight weeks. So you will be able to sign up. The reason we don't want you to sign up before the end of this is basically because... Wait, why was it? Oh, yeah, because it starts the eight weeks from when you sign up. So we don't want you to pay now and then it starts the eight weeks. Yeah, essentially. Yeah, we'll so, put in a link in the group by, by what week six or seven, and you guys will get first first dibs, and then we'll make it um, available. We'll make it public, but it depends on how many of you sign up as to how many new re-sign up as to how many new people we take on because we don't want we're we like our kind of we like sitting around the number we are now. Yeah, yeah, I don't we won't, don't want the group to get much bigger at all. So there will be a link in the group that you guys will have access to first for a good couple of days. So you can choose to sign up. Then after that, we'll put it out, out into the world. Out into the world. Okay. This is a good one to cover. I'm not trying to panic too much, but we have booked a Northumberland cottage weekend away from July the 6th. That sounds amazing. And her friends have booked the cottage next door. Uh, It's going to be week five of the program. Meat won't be a problem. Food, I will have to work out. Might be hard to manage and I will have to do weight-free workouts. Will this be okay in week five or will it impact my progress? That sounds dreamy. I think that, like, 
absolutely fine. You're still going to get your steps in. You might not be able to, like, I mean, don't track all your food is what I'm going to say. Like, go and have, like, use it as a time to be like, okay, can I do this? Like, you've been tracking for four weeks now. You should be able to eyeball food. You should be able to guesstimate a bit. Um, And that's a good, like, test week for you to do that. I've been doing body weight workouts the whole of lockdown. I would get make sure you have a band. Go with your band. Like, you don't need anything else. Your body and your band, you would have amazing workouts doing that. And then you're back for week six. Like, that sounds perfect. Yeah, whatever goes, go with your band. And I just imagine you marching in with a band behind you. (laughs) (laughs) What, with like a trumpet? I'm here! be really mindful of what you're eating to be honest if you're not tracking a like really great side I can't stop I'm thinking about the band a really really great side effect of um of you not tracking is that you'll probably be a little bit more pedantic about what you eat oh god I think if you I can't wait for someone to make um a meme of us walking in with our I really enjoyed the potato meme last week. So yeah, thank Emma, you guys. Emma, I like was trying to say to Emma, like, oh, look at all these amazing before and afters that were already on there. She was like, I just like the potato. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Um, but anyway, you'll find that if it, so sometimes if you know that you're probably going to be eating a little bit more and you track, you know, and you're away and you see those numbers going up and up and up, you kind of like naturally go, oh, throw it in the fuck it bucket. I'm on holiday. I don't care. And then you go crazy. The benefit of being like, actually, I'm not going to track. I'll probably be eating a bit more. Really, really, really mindful of, of how much I'm eating and my food choices. Actually, you find that you can probably have a bit more control over what you're eating. And Emma's right. It's a great, great learning curve. Like, you know, can you not be, you know, stuffing your face morning, noon and night without uh, and not be tracking you know, can you do it? Um, and I think it, yeah, I think it's probably a really good thing for you to, for, to try. Okay. Um, <laughs> I think uh, we might, so there's a question here. Hey, Emma, I asked a question here on menopause and fluctuations. Sorry if I missed it last week. Uh, right. What I'm going to have to say is we go through, so I go through these on a Monday, pick out things that I don't think we've answered yet. Chloe goes through on a Wednesday, picks up things she doesn't think we've answered yet. It is like almost impossible to get through every single question. So if you've asked a question that's like so similar to something we've answered before, we won't, we probably won't answer it. But we do try and get through everything. So we do look at everything. Um, this, so in regards to menopause and fluctuations in weight, yes, this can happen in during perimenopause. So when you're you're going through the menopause and you are getting some periods some weeks and maybe not the or some months and maybe not the next month and things like that it it's an obvious sign that your hormones are really like going up like and obviously side effects are a big sign of that as well and your weight is more likely to fluctuate and it's much harder to predict when that might be so i can i know that the week before my period i'm about on average two to three pounds heavier so I, I kind of like I know that that's coming and when we've got clients that are like oh I can't understand why I've not lost weight and if it's before that like the week before their period that does tend to be a time when you're most heavier heavier 
it's it's almost impossible to judge that when you're going through the menopause so again try not to put too much emphasis on the scales especially for you so it might be good to look at other markers performance markers progress pictures that kind of thing Um, oh okay this is quite interesting so a few questions about plateaus number one do they always happen slash are they inevitable um so i said this before and this is you know i don't want to offend anyone but if, and it, it, you know it's, it's a very <laughs> unfortunate case study but if you look back at the history no one's ever not starved to death when they've been starved. As in, you can you can keep keep losing, keep losing until your body shuts down and you die. Um, no one's body's ever gone like, well, actually, you've starved me for six months now, so I'm going to stay still and survive. Look, sorry, I'm it? in starvation mode now. I'm going to start yeah. storing calories from More the air. Than... Yeah. Um, so so please bear that in mind when I say that. You know, if you if you continue to decrease calories and you continue to starve yourself, you will starve yourself. Your body will shut down and you will die. And what will happen before all of that is you'll lose all your body fat and then muscle mass. And then there you go. And then anyway. Um, so uh, the plateau isn't inevitable so long as you're willing to starve yourself. However, if you come down to, say, 1,200 calories or 1,000 calories and you're you're training as much as you can possibly train, and you're doing an hour and a half of cardio every day, and you're getting in 10 to 15,000 steps a day, they're really, at some point, your body is going to stop losing weight. You are going to stop. And if you're still getting, and if this is happening week after week after week, month after month after month, and you're not getting anywhere, it is a sign that actually your, your metabolism has adapted to your calories and your expenditure is to be honest, I mean, I can't even imagine. I've I've been I've I've gone very low calorie, and I've done, I've done obviously huge amounts of cardio in the in the few weeks before a shoot. But I have had clients who have been doing this for months on end, and it's fucking horrific. Um, and at that point, you really do have nowhere to go but up, unless you want to die, which I presume you don't. So you actually have to start working up. So, in answer to your question, yes and no. You will get to a point where you probably have to come back up. Um, and no. If you want to go beyond that and die, feel free, but I don't recommend it, Emma. <laughs> yeah, I think, but I think that's when you're looking at if you want to get in fitness model shape, and essentially by that I mean shape that you shouldn't be maintaining for health anyway. Yeah. But True. if you're if you're starting from a place of being overweight and you want to get to a healthy weight, there's no reason that you have to plateau. The other thing is, like, I think people see a plateau as like a really bad thing. It's not at all. It's like okay. So this worked on 1800 calories for a while when you were going from 90 kilograms to 80 kilograms. Now we're going to have to reduce your calories a little bit to keep continuing it or we increase your expenditure. And actually, I wanted to ask you this before because I think it would be good to go over. We mentioned that now it's week four. If you've not had any results yet or, if you know, then now is probably a time to change things. So if someone is in this position and we want them to... We want you to somehow create an energy deficit. So, and we want you to do that by a combination of increasing your energy expenditure and reducing your calorie intake. Some like sort of hacks for reducing your calorie intake are things we've spoken about before. Like we would much prefer that you do food swaps rather than be like, oh, I need to reduce my calories. 
I'll just have really small portions of everything that like that's a really hard way to diet if you keep your food volume high you're going to be more satiated you're going to enjoy your meals more and you will feel less restricted and that's quite important as well so they're the kind of changes we want you to make and if you can do a bit more activity if you can get up a bit earlier and go for a walk if you can start jogging or you know whatever you want to do to increase your step count that's that would be great as well so you can do a combination of the two is ideally what we want you to do and we're not talking about like an excessive amount it might just be that you need to aim to create another 200 calories of deficit and that's going to help you like start to progress again um in terms of plateaus so we've mentioned they're not inevitable but you will adapt to dieting so you might have to make some of these changes that's not a bad thing it's quite a normal part of dieting so don't mm-hmm. think that it's a bad thing the second part of the question which we kind of answered now is if they um if they can happen at different times for different people what are the factors that dictate or influence when someone might plateau and i mean, there's loads of things like how much body fat you have to lose how much of a deficit you started in how active you are how much you've your adapted. history of dieting yeah massive one. one um but there's no point trying to predict when a plateau is going to happen at all no. um chloe's just setting the mood there with a, some ambiance I, um, james made me cook him steak this morning steak and eggs Ugh, gross oh. and um now i just stink of steak so i'm trying to, <laughs> trying to um yeah, so I wouldn't try and predict when a plateau is going to happen. It might happen, it might not. You might have been, like, there'll be some graduates that have been on the same calories since they started and are still progressing. And they're still losing, yeah. It's, it's really subjective. Emma's right, where do you start? How much do you have to lose? What is your history with dieting? Also, you know, there are things that we can do. As Emma said, it's not, you know, there are things that we can do to um, really either help you get out of a plateau or kind of ideally prevent it from happening. And that's kind of like as your body fat decreases, and you're continuing to lose, implement like refeed days, diet breaks, things like that. However, the reason why we kind of steer clear of talking about that right off the bat is because we don't want you guys being like, when's my refeed day? When's my diet break? It's like, when you have dropped a, a good amount of body fat, then we can talk about it to keep you, you know, to keep you moving. But it's not really that relevant unless you're super lean. Oh, we actually do have two women that I've seen in the Facebook group who are actually lean enough and muscular enough to benefit from some refeeds and some diet breaks and I'm talking to them separately but if you think it up to you send us a photo I know it sounds awful but we'll be able to tell just from looking at you um, and we'll help you out uh, in a more what's the word bespoke way with the yeah. diet yeah Spe- specific bespoke uh, there's also some people that are like probably about ready to bring their calories up to maintenance definitely I saw that too yeah one of the mm. girls is oh my god like three weeks she's like what yeah we're like okay we can start to bring your calories up because you know your your metabolism will adapt up you know and you'll find a really nice middle ground where you can maintain your results and maybe eat a bit more after fat loss but yeah you yeah, need, probably need our help whole, that. yeah finding maintenance is a bit like it takes a little while it's a bit of a balance but there's that whole sort of misconception between people that are like oh you know if you can't eat the way you're eating now for life then it's not maintainable oh and fuck it, off yeah, exactly. Like, if you were eating in a deficit for life, you would die. Like, of course, yeah. it's not maintainable. It's not meant to be maintainable. We are going to bring your calories up. 
but what gets confusing for people and and because everything in blooming fat loss is it depends some people like this might happen that let's say you are you start quite overweight and maybe you're on 1800 calories you lose weight for i don't know 10 weeks you get to a weight you want to maintain and actually your maintenance is about 1800 calories then so you don't need to bring your calories up that's like but that only happens in certain situations in other situations you might diet on 1200 calories because you're a smaller person and then you bring your calories up because your maintenance calories are 1600 like it it just depends yeah maintenance goes up and down and up and down and up and down based on everything we've already just talked about in this in the last few minutes um yeah uh, uh, oh anyway anyway emma's right carry on (laughs) everything she just everything she just said how long okay this kind of leads on how long is too long to remain in a fat loss phase and this is the point actually that is a good point to make could you be in a fat loss phase continuing to continually until you get as lean as you want to be or do you need to switch it up somehow yes sometimes that happens that you're in a fat loss phase continuously get to your goal and that is that but that is like i tend to find with clients that the people who who enter a fat loss phase and then they just lose 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 hit their goal reverse they're usually first time dieters it doesn't or people with like a lot of muscle like i i do tend to find that people will be like fat loss fat loss fat loss fat loss fat loss fat loss stall we try everything we can try without having to bring them back up still stall give it time still stall and then we come back up and 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 it's it is a it is a game in which you i personally think it, you you need a coach at least at least once your ball is rolling and you're off to the races um but yes we can avoid it and feel and uh, tag us obviously there's so much nuance here with calories and maintenance and tag us on facebook and we can talk you through it in a much more succinct way okay so the first question that i got to this week was something about comparing yourself to others and someone else has kind of answered that for you so basically they've said listen to your podcast on friday and really needed to hear it to stop comparing myself to others like go and listen to it there's nothing more that we can say than than everything that was said on friday it's such a brilliant podcast and if you are someone that's comparing yourself to others go and listen to the podcast done Oh, the other very exciting news is we have a dietitian who specialises in gut health on Friday for you guys. So we've decided after the success of James that we're going to try and get some guests on. Sometimes they'll be like experts in certain fields. So we we always want to leave Friday open to be either a topic that we really want to cover or to get like get someone on for you guys so that they can talk about certain things so we know that gut health has come up quite a lot actually um so we thought why not get someone who is blooming awesome at that yeah it's so interesting it's like oh i'm so excited yeah she's brilliant i've spoken to her quite a lot before and she's just excellent at what she does um sorry i have now reached all of the highlighted questions so Oh, so mm. is there any any coming in from the live? Um, no, I think I covered my. Oh no, wait. Uh, should we limit bread intake, or is it the same if it's within calories? 
The latter. Yeah, bread's fine. Um, this is quite interesting only because <laughs> it's um, something that I'm having trouble with at the moment as well. So quite personal, but hey. I have a low resting heart rate around 45 to 53, sometimes dipping into the 30s. That is low. I have brachycardia, a long QT line, and something else, but I can't remember. I've seen a cardiologist who did and said, all okay, but probably best um, not to go longer than 10K runs. Would this make it harder to lose weight? So this is quite interesting. I have, I have at the moment a long QT line, which... Do you know what? Not like overly sure exactly what that means, but when you look at your ECG, it's basically an elongated section of that. Right. And for me, that's causing extremely high heart rate all the time. Like resting heart rate over 80. It's really worrying. (laughs) But you know what? Laughing about it helps, so it's fine. But mine is caused, we hope, by um, certain medications that I've been on that have now come off. So hopefully it will normalise. But I actually think, well, for me, so I have, because I've got a, a high heart rate all the time, I'm going to be burning more calories all the time. It's like when you're really, really stressed, like your heart rate is elevated and actually you're probably burning more calories all the time. And I looked this up actually to write a post about it really hard. And then I just went in a massive PubMed hole which I'm sure you've been in before. (laughs) It's so bad. I was like, I need to find the answer to this question because I wanted to know to what extent would that elevation in heart rate like increase your basal metabolic rate? I was like, I need to know numbers. But there wasn't really any. Like I think the closest thing I found was that stressed guinea pigs have an increased BMR of 30%. What the fuck do you do to stress a guinea pig out? Like what do you do? No, do you know what's really horrible? They like shake their cages. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. Well, in the name of science and fat loss, yeah. <laughs> animal cruelty is a go. <laughs> yeah, it's quite that was sad. a joke, by the way. Please nobody come after me. Um, <laughs> God. So anyway, yeah, so they had a 30% increase, which I calculated would be like probably close to, what did I calculate it to be? Anyway, it was quite a significant def- deficit. It was like if yeah. you're like potentially 400-ish calories over the day. Yeah, anything over 10%, I would be like, ooh, yeah. let's all stress each other out. Yeah, so I was like, huh, well, at least my, you know, heart condition potentially uh, has some benefits in that sense. But coming back to this actual question, which was a <laughs> low heart rate, yeah, it, you know, you probably are burning less calories. And yeah. this is one of, it's almost like an adaptation to... Um, well, it is. It's an adaptation to exercise. If, like, yeah. I mean, obviously, this person has a heart condition, but if you're just looking at, okay, well, well, when I was on like less fit, maybe your resting heart rate was sixty. Your basal metabolic rate will have been slightly higher. Now that you're really fit, and you know your resting heart rate might be like low fifties, then yeah, sorry, but you're gonna burn less calories, and you're gonna burn less calories doing everything that you do because your heart rate will be lower at any given intensity of workload and that's a good thing for fitness but it's actually not that good for fat loss and it's like when people say you're becoming more efficient it's kind of true like but actually for fat loss you want inefficiency yeah like you want to be inefficient so that you're like expending a hell of a lot of calories 
so yeah that's quite interesting but yeah it potentially will make it a little bit harder for you to lose weight and it just means you need to maybe consider going into a bit of a deeper deficit but be very careful with that like first of all don't jump the gun in terms of you know like floor and calories we don't want you to do that we want you to be fit and healthy and um but yeah you might need to dig a bit deeper into a deficit this is a really good point actually just a side note on that whole thing i love that whole thing that was really interesting but so it's like james for example he's really limited in what he can do because he's so injured so he's really limited in terms of his fitness what he can and can't do with his body um and obviously he's incredibly fit um and you know bear in mind that if you are a already quite lean um or b already quite fit and you're trying to uh kind of you're trying to increase your heart rate and you're, you're trying to basically improve on your fitness levels um you will need to uh, at various points throughout your diet or kind of fitness uh, plan you will need to switch up the method of your cardio because your body will adapt and um your body will get better at executing it both on a cardiovascular level cardiovascular level and on a muscle memory level which means not only will you burn more calories but you're going to really struggle to keep increasing and progressing your fitness levels so he was like to me moaning about it the other day and I was like well how long have you been doing the what bike for and he was like three months like every other day for three months it's like well you've completely adapted like go on the versa climber and do something completely different and shock horror his fitness is improving again so bear that in mind in terms of cardiovascular performance and fitness if you've been doing the same thing for ages and you've stalled out one really good thing to do before you drop calories is to change how you're training agreed okay we have uh someone who say hi i do 5ks every sunday my time is not exactly polar Radcliffe, but hey ho they, we can't all be polar i really <laughs> struggle with my calves hurting and seizing up any suggestions to help or will it just improve with time um once i've sh- shifted more timber um stretch them like uh, crampy calves is so common with running so stretch them but also make sure that you're getting in enough electrolytes i think like if you're if you find that your muscles are cramping and i find my calves are the first things to cramp like even if i'm not running like if if anything's gonna cramp it's my calf and and that's true like you know if you've been ill and then you're, you know, or you've been sweating and maybe vomiting and then like you've obviously really dehydrated and then you start cramping up. It's always my calves. Yeah, me but too. But anyway, make sure that you rehydrate, but also like I've been, I've been um, sweating a lot. <laughs> so I've been having these, which are just like a little electrolyte tablet. Is once that a day. No, it's actually a cheap version called SciFit. Yeah, but it's all the same. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, same stuff. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah, magnesium uh, and hydration are two things that I would really think about and stretching. Yeah, you can get these little steps, steppers that stretch out your calves. You, like, change the plantar flex a bit and stretch out your calves. I get it when I'm on holiday, A, because of the sweating and the drinking, and B, I think it's got something to do with my (laughs) flip-flops. Yes yeah no they really like i'll be doing like day two in dubai always it's only ever dubai weird well that, anyway it must be sweat as well it it's must so be yeah it's so hot and like we'll be walking to breakfast day two and every time i'm like oh hold hold up um so yeah magnesium water and stretching and i think the humidity is worse because your sweat doesn't evaporate which means you're yeah. not actually cooling and oh it's just it's very bad um 
here's a I have had really really bad calf cramps it actually says crap but I'm assuming she means crap <laughs> when I was pregnant with my first baby hate it yeah she says cramp not crap yeah figured um oh okay should we finish on well first I'll just read this out love you guys so much I've learned more from you both in in three weeks than I have three years of personal training uh-huh. um just a little ego boost for us to get through the this podcast right okay last one I have um opinions on this I'd like to know yours so this is from Cheryl she says I have recently had my DNA nutrient core done and estrogen balance I know um I know have oh I think that's what to say I now have the report would you be interested in seeing it it's fascinating have you had your DNA done no have you yeah a company sent me like a free thing to get my DNA done but I um I one I don't think I think what they claim that you can do with that is like ridiculous like companies that have and usually it's companies like oh we'll test your DNA and then tell you what diet to eat and then for you a meal plan based on that diet or sell you supplements that you need based on your DNA and I like like mine was just like stuff I already knew it was like yeah your DNA says that you're probably like all right at endurance but also all right at strength training yeah you would know that from the fact that you know I'm 28 years old like I know what I've what I've been good at and what I've not been as good at um and what else did it tell me I think it told me like certain gene anyway you can there's there are certain gene variants you can look for for example gene variants on the FTO gene would predispose you to being overweight my issue issue my problem my problem with this is that let's say I told right let's say you got your son it's like oh you've got two gene variants of the FTO gene so one from my mom one from your dad that that both say you should be obese how does that help you and if you were obese how does that help you there is nothing you can do about your DNA and that we're also not far along enough in terms of the science behind this to say because of your dna you should eat this diet like we might be one day but we're probably not and even if we were at that stage we still know that adherence is like way way above if your genes said that you might be slightly predisposed to getting better results on a low carbohydrate diet the only reason that would work is because of your potential buy-in to that. So if you yeah. think my genetics are telling me to like that this should be best for me, then you might buy into it more. But the, like we already know that there there isn't strong enough evidence to suggest that there would be a diet for a specific type yeah. of you know, or that a calorie deficit doesn't work for everyone. It's just finding how we make that work for you, as in how we get you to stick to that and what's going to work for you in your life and your preferences that's still always going to come way before whatever your DNA says. Yeah, I agree. You know, you'll, you'll know if you're obese and the way to tackle obesity, whether it's, you know, genetic or, well, uh, genetic and or um, lifestyle is um, it's by tackling an obesogenic diet. It doesn't really matter. You know, it is what it, the outcome is the same, so you need to tackle it. Um I agree. I, 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 
we don't need to see it, no. But, you know, if there are changes that you want to make that you think will really help you with specific um, issues that you have, absolutely go for it. Uh, the other, so this is a really interesting study, and I'm so annoyed because I can't remember the total details, but it basically proves that this is like a self-fulfilling prophecy in a sense, yeah. as in, so they took two groups of people, no, they split a group of people into two and they do, so they, the first test they do is on ghrelin. So if anyone's been listening to the podcast, you'll already have heard of ghrelin. So that increases before a meal to stimulate hunger and then it should decrease after a meal. Now, some people were told that they have a gene mutation, which means that their ghrelin levels um are, are constantly higher so that that means that they're always hungrier yeah and basically long story short of the whole experiment if you were told that even if you didn't have that gene variant you yeah. were hungrier and your ghrelin levels were higher after a meal yeah. like after the set meal which is insane and they did the exact same experiment on a gene that is rela- uh, related to your endurance performance so they took a group of people they did um, a bike test before they told half the group that they had like the good gene variant half the group that they had the bad gene variant and then they made them do another test and the people that were told they had the good gene variant did better even if they didn't have it yeah yeah this is amazing this is what we talked about a few weeks ago the placebo nocebo effect so if you take like a strength athlete and really it'll apply to anyone and you, um, yeah, in any, however you implement it, but you basically put them in you know, like a, a positive mental, mental frame of mind of like, I'm going to increase my strength. I'm going to increase my fitness for however you do it. They do, they mm-hmm. actually do. And it's like a physiological change to a mental stimulus, which is fascinating, but also, you know, just goes to show that, um, yeah, positive mental attitude counts for a lot. If you have to trick yourself into doing something, go for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, um, I think that was a very great podcast slash live. I think it's fantastic, and we had some really interesting questions, but I'm really happy because I need to pee so much. Oh, my God, me too, but I'm standing so I can move a bit more. Anyway, okay, hope everyone enjoyed that.